All right, so you're back and you're ready for episode two with Coach T, my special guest with Coordinated Coaching. Tania Tucker is going to top this second episode off with marriage, family matters, and also why it's so important for you to have a good relationship with your coaches that you coach with. Not a dictatorship, but an actual relationship, right? And I'm going to let that bleed into why you need to get to know each one of your athletes because they're all different. And if you are still coaching them from an umbrella type mentality, like you're going to coach them all the same, you should probably quit coaching. All right, let's get into this. And then your life changed and it was almost like this mechanism of, okay, I'm going to keep moving forward. You're going to keep moving forward. If you're going to keep moving forward, I'm going to keep moving forward. And like for a good year and a half, you and I completely like every day we checked in with each other. We just kind of pushed each other. And like, I remember that text where you were like, yeah, we're going to get a divorce. And I was like, I don't know what you expected me to say, but I just told you flat out, like, you know, I support marriage, but I, I love you. I support you. I'm here for you. And I don't know if you were like waiting to be told, what are you doing? Don't do that. Da, 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 da. But it was like, for the first time, somebody actually just said, they love me regardless. You know, like, so share that because I, you know, like watching you and Dustin on social media. And yes, I know social media has a grain of a facade, but I don't, I don't see that with you guys. And the reason why I don't see that with you guys is I've watched your transformation physically. I've had a front row seat to it emotionally and mentally, but I've literally watched your husband drop weight like crazy. So how did you guys work through that when you felt like you're in one planet, you're still in the same universe and he's on another planet and you guys felt like you were going apart. How did you guys get back together? Like what was, what had to change within each of you? Um, I think it was, well, like it was also, you know, sometimes you don't realize that you have to change mm. first. And it's like, going to hurt. It's going to suck, but it's totally worth it but at the same time when you're changing you can't be mad because someone else isn't changing you know at the same rate at your as you're changing because you guys got a lot like 29 years 29 years 29 years four kids you know and we had just kind of lost like learning how to speak to each other you know um a lot of times i look back a lot of times the speaking was on me Mm. it was how I spoke to him first and then he reacted to how I spoke to him you know um when I look back at it I look back at it and you know we both had to change things had to be different um we knew to can to move forward that it would take change and and a lot of work a lot of a lot of work um individually as well as together you know like we had to put in that time individually um, I do a lot, a lot of personal development every morning, you know, it's, then that's what it took though. Like just seeing that change. And then, so as far, yes, he's lost, um, oh, he hasn't weighed in a while, but last, um, weight was 49 pounds. You've lost 49 yeah. pounds? Since February. Dang. Since February. And literally was, I mean, we are on a plan. Yes. We follow a plan, but we also eat, <laughs> you know, consistently. We eat. Yeah. Yes, we eat <laughs> cleanly. You know, um, I eat a little bit more clean because now I am a vegetarian. So, yeah. Um, but, but with that, like creating those habits, we also create habits within each other, like habits of being affectionate again habits of being around each other and talking to each other calmly and collectively you know like does it always happen like do we not do we <laughs> it, it goes back sometimes you know we're frustrated you know things aren't and yes we still go back but for the most part like um with my company we've been able to go on some really amazing you know vacations as a family or as just him and I mm -hmm. you know um 
and spend some time, some like quality time. We had a lot of travel softball, but it wasn't like quality. You know, I listened to my headphones. Oh, no. Yeah. 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 And then obviously because I'm a coach, I'm on the field and he tends to sit back. He doesn't like to hear sometimes what negative parents say about coaches, you know, or other coaches talk about what, you know, mm-hmm. and not, he kind of stands in the, in the background of that. But now we do, we, we make more quality time with each other and we work together for a living. So we we spend time every week together now, but it's back to, you know, we speak and have conversation and we had lost that for a very long time. Like just talking to each other. Yeah. How do you not about bills, not about just speaking, you know? No, I, I, I've witnessed it. Like Mm -hmm. there was one tournament where, I think you came, you were very distraught and you kind of shared with me what was happening. And I was like, well, I mean, you're here, like, (laughs) unless he's going to leave, like, I don't know, like it is what it is. Like, I don't know. And I've been there before, like grown at a different speed and it's always scary. Um, personally speaking, like our, our, like we're literally in a new chapter of our marriage we have one away, like it is a sophomore year, but he's away from home. He's not living here. Like to me, that's a new chapter for you guys. You had, you know, long before you and I met up again, your daughter, your oldest daughter already moved out. And then, then you got blessed with your granddaughter. And so that's even more of a reason to reconnect and figure out where can I be better? Not just for myself, but for the person who, you know, I'm riding shotgun with during this life. Yes. You know? Yes. So that is, that has been a transition. And then like, we have a senior. <laughs> she yeah. is about to graduate this year. And, you know, I, and I want to put this out there. I love all my kids. I love them all. But Celia and I have, always had like just a tighter connection like you and Mars you know that's your only girl I have four but Celia and I have always had a super tight connection and you know her going to travel softball and not be coached by me that was like cut that umbilical cord a little bit (laughs) (laughs) a little bit it's taking a while um but you know so her graduating is also teaching me like you're not just a mom. You are, you have a lot, like you, your kids are going to grow up and they're going to and transition into their next place. You know, like my oldest daughter did move next door, <laughs> <laughs> like literally in the house next door to me. Um, Celia plans on going to college out of state. Um, those are her plans. We have not had, we don't have a place yet, but you know, and so you're, you have more than just being a mom. And that also kind of set me on my weight loss journey a little bit too. Oh yeah. Cause now like you're, you're going to have two new, like you already have your oldest daughter. She's a friend. She's still your daughter. She's your neighbor now. Like, yeah, you know, she has a forever babysitter. Um, and then Celia, so, yeah, now you get to tap into being her friend. Yes. I feel like sometimes in the past when you'd shared with me your struggles with her, you wanted to be her friend, but you knew it wasn't time, but she was, you know, cutting curfew or not coming home, you know, and you were like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, bro, you better piss or get off the pot. You're either her mom, <laughs> or you're her friend, like you are her mom, like lay the law down, you know? And I feel like for somebody who struggled with school in general on that social aspect, her journey, her story. Yeah that girl has completely morphed into a beautiful butterfly. Like I know as corny as that metaphor is, like I just saw her, I think it was her Hoko pics on Instagram. And I was like, oh my gosh, like 
this little girl, you would never think that she went through what she went through three years ago and then was here, like, or even four, four years ago. About almost four now that yeah. she's a senior. It's crazy. And now, yeah. like, I really hope that she gets to a place, and I think she's going to do it because of what you've been growing through, going through. I think Salia's going to have the balls to tell her story and stick up for other girls like her and other kids like her in general. So they don't have to go down the path that she went, you know? Yeah, I know. No, no she, I think so. She's definitely morphed into, you know, yes, homecoming pics. I barely got to see them myself on her Instagram. <laughs> she didn't send them to me because I was at training. Training was already, you know, planned prior yeah. to finding out about homecoming and so yes I didn't get to see him until I saw him on her Instagram sometimes that's how it is that's sometimes how we see each other on each other's Instagram because yeah. she's a busy 18 year old girl with a boyfriend and you know so is she gonna go play college ball um possibility more working on academically she's like, a little brainiac Yes. So what we talked about was, and and kind of slid step back this last year a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think she needed a break. She went. We went so hard for so long with travel ball. Um, she kind of, she went from being, not going outside, to travel ball, travel ball, travel ball, and I'm not gonna say it's not living like a regular kid's life because it is a regular kid's life, but you know, um, it's a little different when you play softball at that level, a travel ball, you know, um, they don't get to go out to parties right. or hang out at other kids' houses sometimes because there's practice, there's tournaments, you know, and so she didn't have that for a good while. And I think she needed that this summer after you know she was hurt too she got hurt this last year and um after that I think she needed a little mental break kind of put things in perspective for her yeah to yeah. see where she you know and so I allowed it you know she she's 18 I can't you know I can't make her love it just because I love it mm -hmm. and that that's a huge thing like I'm always like am I pushing because I love it so much or am I pushy because they love it so much and they have so much talent to give to it? Ooh, I love that. All you softball moms out there, softball dads, baseball moms, baseball dads, like quit living vicariously through your kids. Like check yourself. Like if you didn't go as far as you wanted to go in softball or baseball, like that's your story. Let your kid live theirs. Like love them regardless. I love that. Because she, Salia is a good player. She's a talented athlete. Um, she kind of makes things look really easy. Yes. <laughs> she, has, she has that ability. She can step on a field and she just, she fits the mold. I mean, she looks like a ball player. Like, and then when you start watching her move, you're like, oh yeah, she's definitely a ball player. So, yeah. well, good for her. I'm glad. And then that'll leave two We'll be Two left. Yep. Maya's 16. Yep. Her and um, and, then, same age. Oh and then Sadie's 12. Yeah, her and DJ are the same age. That's crazy. <laughs> Not the same size, but the same age. Oh, DJ's getting tall, though. He's passed me up. He's finally taller than Marley. Yeah. Um, he's he, growing. He's growing. I know. He's becoming a little pit bull. Like, he's just so stocky. Like, it's crazy. How I know he's working out. I'm like, dang. I know. So, <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your transition because that was one thing that I told you I did want to talk about because um, there are there's a pitching coach right now. Um, I think it's Seven Strong. I don't know her first name, but she just lost a whole bunch of weight, like so much so that she knew she was going to do it. She put this video out of her in a bikini and she's like front side and then she turns and she lands and it's her with the weight lost. And so you knew she was doing something huge, but you and I, that's another thing that we have. Like we have the adversity 
the aspect of when you get knocked down, you get back up, you just figure it out. Like you just keep moving forward. Um, but we've also lost a lot of weight and we've done it. I guess if you wanted to watch us, we've done it at the slower speed versus the quick fix. And I've watched you, I mean, lose your weight so much so that like, you're at a point in your journey where you're like, yeah, this is totally what I used to look like. And I remember that to me. I remember <laughs> you being like, oh my gosh, I feel like I look so bad or these shorts are too short or, you know, and I'm just like, shut up, like <laughs> quick, you know? And finally you got to this place again, you were surrounded by people that were speaking into you and they were lifting you up. And I'm just going to say it like it's herbal life. It's on your shirt. Um, yeah. Found a community within this company that not only has allowed you to transition, but it's also allowed your husband to transition. And it's like, a, it's the trifecta. You guys are changing not only physically, but emotionally and mentally. And that to me is going to outlast anything. Yes. So, and, and that's kind of where it is. Like, it's not, it wasn't a quick fix. So, I have to say this. So coaching with Kelly and being 300 pounds was rough. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm going to be super honest. You know, um, I didn't grow up overweight is, is kind of like how, and not, and even if you do, it doesn't matter, but you know, I didn't grow up overweight. Um, I kind of put on the pounds little by little with each kid. Um, but did I realize that I put on like literally from high school weight to weight where I started losing weight, I put on 150 pounds. Dang. I was 300 pounds. But now do you see that a lot of that was inflammation? It was stress. It was yes. trauma stuck in your body. Like there's so many things out there that if we would just tap in to the little self. Mm hmm like we kind of lose them like, cause they're literally extra baggage on our bodies. Yeah. The body keeps score, right? The body right. keeps score. I love that book. Any, yes. And so, yes, yeah, like working through that. So coaching next to Kelly, obviously she's like six inches shorter than me. One, <laughs> And you know, she's by the time I'm coaching with her, she's already on her, I'm more built. I'm, I got muscle, you know, kind of deal. Like, and I was like, dang, dang, you know? So I went, went to the gym quietly, you know, quietly. Didn't really like put myself out there that much here and there a little bit, you know? And I was in the gym for about a year and I lost about 30 pounds in about a year. But I was only in the gym. And I went like every day I showed up, I did stuff, but I was only in the gym. I was still not eating right. I was still drinking Red Bull like a crazy person. Um, <laughs> and I found out that I also emotionally eat, not, not overeat emotionally, but not eat emotionally. Like, you know, I get into my emotions and I'm just like, never mind, I'm not eating. And I would go on binges of not eating for days two binges of eating everything for days and um kind of what propelled this was I was at a softball tournament and I got hit in the head with the softball oh yeah <laughs> yes so I had a hematoma I had a I literally had a crack in my skull and I wasn't supposed to work lift do anything and I just got depressed because the gym you know, the gym is your place sometimes where you, you just go and let everything you go to war. It's anytime yes. you work out and move, you're, you're choosing to fight yourself. Yes. I mean, that's like, honestly why I show up. because when I run, I completely argue with myself the entire time. <laughs> I've learned to run with no headphones and I hate it. I love listening to music in the gym, but running, you know, with no headphones and just you <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes it hurts that's some David Goggins stuff right there and just you just you it's just you oh I love him too yeah. yes <laughs> yes 
and just you, you know, and, and all those demons, all those traumas. Cause just because you start healing from a trauma doesn't mean it's not still there. No, every day you have to practice it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I had did that though. And then I got hit in the head and then I couldn't go to the gym. Mm. So I was sad, you know, I'm depressed. I can't go to the gym. I can't travel for softball. I can't do anything that I want to do. So let me just go crazy. How about that? <laughs> let me go to work when I'm not supposed to work. Um, let me drink when I'm not supposed to drink, you know? And and in this time, like also, like Kelly had come on a couple of times. I was on a women's empowerment platform, like where we, every morning we showed up 5 a.m. Yep. And worked on ourselves and did some work on ourselves. And on on the call, I'd been on the call already for like two years, literally. I'd been on the call, but I never spoke. I just listened. I yeah. just stayed in the background. And then, you know, finally started speaking. And then, you know, I explained to them about Kelly and she came on, Coach Kelly came on. And and I then I found through speaking, I found another friend another tiny friend and we started talking a little bit about so we've been friends for like a little over a year now and but I had told her about like you know my head bleed and whatnot that I was supposed to be doing this and I was doing that and she asked me if you're serious about changing your life and you're serious about wanting to lose weight join this 21 day challenge. And so I was like, all right, you know, but we do a lot of 21 day challenges in Herbalife. The reason why we do 21 day challenges is because it takes 21 days to create a habit, Yeah, you know? And so I joined it. Um, I was literally broke, joined it, bounced my bank account. And, you know, it, it's a story. It's a story. I bounced my bank account to join it. Um, 16 pounds in my first 21 days I lost. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, 16 pounds in my first 21 days. Just, just a side note, like, cause I know somebody who's not educated hears that they're going to think, oh my gosh, that's too much weight in 21 days. If you saw where Tania started from, that's exactly what her body should have done. Yeah. So if, if it would have been me, like. And according to BMI, I'm obese, but if I would have lost 16 pounds in 21 days, that would probably be unhealthy or borderline unhealthy. But for you, it was exactly what your body habitus needed to happen. You needed to shock your system. Yes, that's exactly it. No, um, my results are not typical, but is what can happen, you know, if you get consistent you consistently eat good food you know you consistently drink water mm. oh, i yeah. used to drink water okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i always have my gallon jug everywhere <laughs> i know like cali had his gallon jug and i was like over there with a red bull like and coke this is true. You know? yeah <laughs> and so yeah like when I, so i did that like 50 pounds in my first four months is what I did awesome um and then was like wow well I actually can do this I actually you know and it's so in 19 months 19 months yeah, about 19 months I'm not official because you know our weights fluctuate you know hormones things mm -hmm. but it's not completely official but like I always wait like two weeks and then see what my weight is back at. Cause if I went away every day, I go up and down, up and down, up and down. But um not officially, but in 19 months I've lost a hundred pounds. Dang. That's crazy. It is. Good job. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like a whole person. It is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and but not just like I lost the weight, but like 
I no longer look like I still, you know, you still see your flaws, which you consider to be a flaw, which you consider to be a problem. But um, I don't look at it like that anymore. Like everybody's like, well, how much more weight you want to lose? And I'm like, uh, I don't really look at a number anymore. Like I'm like, I just want to be in the best shape of my life. You know, I'm about to be 42 in a few months. Um, and I've never been so healthy as I am today, you know, and, and with that, it's taken looking at food differently, looking at, you know, exercise differently. Like I don't go to the gym to be skinny. I go to the gym to be stronger. Yeah. You know, and sometimes pushing through those weights is making my mind stronger. You know, sometimes when you're crying, lifting because you're sore, you know, because I don't always stay in the gym. There's times when I have to leave. I can't be in the gym for a while. And then I go back and, it, you know, you got to re- restart again, mm-hmm. you know. And so when and then when you go back mentally have to get in the habit again, you know, that you've lost and it's just totally though been a game changer for me in my life like losing the weight helping my husband lose the weight you know my mother-in-law you remember my mother mm-hmm. yeah she's, she's down like 60 pounds oh dang <laughs> like you know and it's and it's just kind of working its way like i love helping people i love like coaching I love coaching. Yeah. And I I love helping people. So like I kind of found my niche. That's what I do, you know. And I didn't know that that's what it was. I just thought I was coaching softball. <laughs> you know. You you literally went through hell and back to find your niche. Like yes. Like I feel like your experience, like share this episode with as many people as you want who are interested in what you do and what you came through um, because you have so many levels of connection with people because of what you've made it through. Like, you know, the other day in church, it was either in church or it was in the podcast. So we've been attending Sun Valley and the Gilbert location and they have a podcast and I, I love listening to podcasts and he talks, Pastor Chad talks about like, going through stuff like don't for one second think just because you've accepted the Lord as your savior that everything's gonna be great he's like you better put your armor on because you're about to go through hell and who wants to stay in hell no one so you have to keep moving forward and the way you do that is you keep getting up you keep asking God for strength because you know our strength can only take us so far Mm -hmm. that's the way we're designed and you just keep moving forward And like, I look at your journey, I look at your story, like I am so grateful. And the day that I asked you to be on the show, I, there's a little part of me that was like, I swear if she tells no, she's getting, she tells me no, she's getting, getting, get an earful (laughs) because I was going to be like, no, you are doing this because it is time. It is time. You, you've put everything out there on your platforms. Now I'm going to put you on my platform. Like, and I'm not talking the platform to knock people off of. I'm saying like how I can reach others. Maybe there's another coach out there that's dealing with an addiction that needs to hear this. Maybe there's another coach out there that's dealing with, um, weight, emotional trauma. Like this is why this podcast exists. It's not just about softball and pitching and, you know, yeah who I know and who I'm going to bring on and other instructors. It's about number one, my journey, number two, the people in my journey and how can I allow them to come through to help other people? And I feel like you found your niche, like you said, and I mean, and just look at your family, like your husband's doing better. Even your mother-in-law is doing better. Like Salia's thriving. Like your kids are all like, everybody just kind of got a glimpse of the sun that was shining on you it's shining on them too and now i bet i bet the more people you meet now it's different when before 
four years ago, you used to be like, oh, I'm so glad I met this person. Now people are starting to say, I'm so glad I met you. You allowed me to see something in myself that I never saw before. You are right. You know, um, now being on like a social media platform, you know, building my business, talking to people. Sometimes you just find people like I have one friend on Instagram. Um, she's not interested in the product, but we talk. That's how we got started talking. But we talk. And um, one day she just said like something. And I just was like, you know, something about addiction. And, and I kind of gave her my small story. And she's like, why don't you share that more? Because if you actually look at my social media, you this this is my first public speaking of my addiction. Can um, I tell you something cool? I don't know what it is about my podcast, but it brings a lot of first time stories. Yeah. I think is, that's the blessing. This is my first time. Like there's like I I, I told my story on like women's empowerment, but that's you know protected. it's a secret yeah, yeah mm -hmm. it's like protected we don't talk about each other's anything and so it's gonna be my first time speaking publicly about you know just and when I say like addicted I mean like yes I wasn't on the streets but I could have been easily yeah you don't <laughs> have to be like and, and no it isn't like I was like to tell the truth nobody really knew because I kept it like even my husband didn't know that it was that bad for probably right. two years for wow. probably two years you know until it just got to where like I wasn't even a functioning human hardly a functioning human like he saw the unfunction at home so that I can function outside of home you know and you know, of course my girls watched and went through it with me and but yeah, nobody knew. I was just a mom who was addicted to pain meds. And there's so many. There are so many out there. You know, so many. It doesn't matter, like, where you come from, where, like, especially with pain meds. It doesn't well, matter. I, I'm a firm believer of, I think it's it's all in us. I think we all have a downfall. And it's a matter of what situation we're going to be put in that's going to wake that up. And your situation your your DNA code may have said, I know my DNA code says I can be addicted to things very easily. Um, my biological father, and I don't know about yours, but you may have something in that DNA that as soon as you started taking those painkillers, it just completely woke that snake up. Well, that was one of the things was like, I was not like in the town we grow up, we grew up in, drugs are prevalent. Oh, yeah. You know, um, huge, huge drug prevalence and I was like I'm not doing drugs because my parents were both addicts and so I was like I'm not doing drugs I'm never doing drugs um, I really didn't even drink that often you know once I became an adult and whatnot mm -hmm. I it was it was just that's not what I did and then all a lot of trauma I mean, associated with it yeah I'm full-blown addict you know like literally you know, and it was about overnight. Um, like I said, 72 hours is all it takes. So, well, and you're a woman too, and you got off of it. And I'm not saying that it's harder for women and well, well, I don't come at me people that listen to this, but, um, it's, it's a fact because of our hormones. Mm -hmm. It is a scientific fact, just like only women can have babies. <laughs> It is a scientific fact that we are easily addicted and we will usually die before we become unaddicted. Yes. Fergie-licious. Yes. Fergie, she was hooked on meth and she like beat the odds. Like the stats are like stupid. Like eight out of 10 women do not get off meth. Like, that's crazy. It is. And so the fact that you were able to do it, like, that's a lot. Like, that's huge. So I hope that somebody hears this 
even if it's just a small, like, I don't know about you, but I always feel like, cause I used to smoke cigarettes and I know like to me, if I didn't educate myself, I'd be like, oh my gosh, she was addicted to opiates and you're talking about cigarettes. Well, <laughs> I'll share my own story if I haven't already in the, in the vault of my podcast, but I quit cold turkey on cigarettes, but I've also came face to face with a drug that I did one time and I came face to face with my DNA and I knew I never wanted to ever, I knew if I ever did it again, I was done. So just to see and hear even more of your story, more than what I already know, like that's huge T. Thank you. Like you're still living this. You're, you know how alcoholics anonymous have anonymous, how they say like, you're always an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. I, I want to flip the script. I want to challenge people to think differently because yes, you are always going to have the craving. It's always going to be there. But if we start to talk about like what we tell ourselves, we are, if we're always telling ourselves we're an alcoholic, how are we ever not an alcoholic exactly you know what I mean so like (laughs) I get to choose like I get to put the label on myself of who I am I could be anything I'd like to be like I you know what okay so my label prior to my change was I am shy I am quiet oh the devil had such a grip on you (laughs) um I don't do anything right Mm. I don't have anything in me like those those was that was what I used to tell myself you know that is um like I said I went I was on women's empowerment I went from just listening to speaking you know and I'm no longer there but and it's still there but I'm no longer there but what the things that I've learned about myself I am not shy whatsoever not even a little bit I was insecure I was insecure, but that was only because I believed I was insecure, Believe you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I was insecure. Um, I felt like I was sometimes unloved because of how I was brought up. And that's why I said, like I said earlier, we love the people who love us. Um, I've found so much love from people that are not my blood, that are mm-hmm. not my relatives. Like I love Callie to death you know like Callie taught me hugs okay <laughs> so I'm not gonna even I'm gonna be super honest hugger. like I wasn't a hugger I never got hugs um and my my poor kids also like saving now is like my little hugger because now she's you know learning it and Samaya they're learning it um the other two are still like oh you know a little bit and so but yes Callie taught me hugs that was my first interaction with hugs. Oh, and yeah. now like, I'm good. <laughs> you are like, not the first or the last person to say that. <laughs> like, I'm going to give credit to my mom on that one. Cause my mom's a hugger. And I think my mom taught me to hug and good. I'm glad. <laughs> yes. She taught me hugs. And then, like I said, like I found a place, my so I said my sponsor earlier, my my business partner. So normal, like you sign up under somebody. And to be honest, like I had had knowledge of Herbalife before my aunt actually. I think everybody has, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. my aunt actually was in Herbalife um, and I helped her. I helped her. But did I, like, now that I know what I know, like my friend, now she's like one of my best friends. You know, we do the business together. We traveled together, you know, um, what it really felt like to be part of like, yes, team. Yes, team. I understood softball. I understood that. Yes, team on the field. You walk on the field and, you know, somewhat off the field, but to really be part of like lifing together. Like we don't only just like I life with her we travel together we talk every day I love her mom to death her mom loves me we hug each other her mom calls me her daughter like you know to really get that sense of just love and you know like I said I probably didn't have that's not how we looked you know and my older kids don't know that 
love love either because I, that's not how I looked until now. Now that your I've granddaughter is, your granddaughter is your granddaughter is going to be a hugger if she's not already. Yes, that's, I'm that's her. Good. That's our next generation passed down. Okay. You are not going to make the same mistakes I made. This is, we're going to do this better. Yes. That's exactly it. Where people like root you on, like we're all doing the same thing. We're all after the same thing, but we root each other on so hard. Like, you know, you, they shout me out. I shout them out. Like, you know, because we just love each other and, and want to see each other grow. And, you know, oh. They've watched me grow and go from this insecure. Like I felt tiny, even though I'm not tiny. I am not tiny. And anyway, I am 5'10. I am dang near six foot. But I always felt tiny my whole life. Like insignificant. I think that's a big part of where your you and I's friendship really kicked off is. I didn't care. Like I cared. I love the fact that you shared stuff with me, but it did not take away from me seeing you. And I think you just were never seen. I just think you were never seen. You were the oldest kid. It was your mom looked at you as another sibling, somebody else to help out with the kids. That was her vision of you. And I think when somebody else sees you, for anyone that just that makes all the difference in the world that actually opens the door and gives somebody the strength to want to heal on the inside and not just do a quick fix on the outside yes definitely no because I know there were moments where you and I like I would have to flat out like t like come on like you know like (laughs) You know, and you would have like these spaz attacks and I knew you were going, I knew you were going through change. I knew God was working in your life because as much as there were times where I was like, gosh, dang it, I do not want to upset her, but I'm not going to sit here and lie to her. And when you text me about the divorce, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh yeah, you totally should and pick your side and you know, why do I need to pick anybody's side? Why can't I just like, Hey, I'm here for you. Yes. You know what I mean? And I'm really glad that you found people. And, and to me on the outside, looking in like your business partner, she's African-American too. I think for you, that is huge because really, have you had any good examples in your life of a strong African-American woman? no no I think it's just it's amazing how it's like a win-win like not only do you have that example you now have the sister you never had you now have like a second mom you know it's like you have all these things and honestly if you weren't ready to change you would still be where you're at 150 pounds plus right like plus plus Cause at the rate I was going, it was definitely plus. I was like putting on pounds by the month now, like, you know, it'd be a few a year. And then it was like by the month and, you know, I was, my body hurt. It was gross. Like, you know, things like that, that I didn't realize, like not being able to keep up on the field sometimes. And now like I could probably outdo most of my girls, you know, like. Oh, I now. saw the games. Yeah. Miss all-star coach for Savie's team. I saw you guys out there coaching and you were out there hanging with those other coaches and on the videos and stuff. I was watching. You're you're yeah. doing things. You're doing it things. It was it was amazing. Like and 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 you know what? I never I never thought I could be a head coach. Like in a million years, I was like, I'll assist. I'll assist. <laughs> but you know, and although me and Jackie, because we played ball together, we're we're just co-coaches. I just say co-coach, but yeah. in the end, it is my decision, you know? And, and, um, but like in my, you know, when I came on to the scrappers, I was like, me, Why would me, you know, like, yeah, you were. And I was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait, you don't know me. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I was like, are you sure? Are you sure? And I never thought I could step into that head coach position and, and coach these girls and really have seen growth with them. Like I've had them now for four years. I've coached them now in All-Stars for four years. And this year was like huge growth mm -hmm. for them. Like we went from losing like, and you know, in All-Stars, you get two games. We went from playing two games to this year. Like we kind of, there was only one other team that beat us. We dominated every other team and watching that growth. And then like, even during my little league season, like my team literally dominated and, and I don't even think it was because of like, we practiced harder or we worked harder. I think it was literally the belief that we had in every single girl because now we have a huge, like my daughter, Jackie's daughter, are far more advanced than a lot of the other girls, like in regular season. They're like far more advanced than them, right? And so we had to learn how to get the ones who are way behind, you know, kind of meet them in the middle. And these ones that are really advanced, keep them interested and keep them growing, you know? And I think it was through conversation of how I spoke to them. There was a lot of like, I watched some of the other coaches and to coach Little League, you don't need anything. You don't need any credential. You don't need any learning. You need CPR and that's it. And I totally get that. And it's time consuming and it's hard. But what are you really showing up for when you walk out there? Like I show up when I walk out there, I show up for those girls, the yeah. girls who you don't know, like, especially here in town, like. I know so many people showed up for me not knowing what was going on at my house, not knowing that my mom just binged all night and I'm making it to practice on my bike from across town, you know, because she couldn't get me there um, and walking onto the field and someone's still believing me. And so like, that's what I give them now. Like I make sure I don't care. I don't need to know any social situations, but you know, like I've heard you say a million times, like sometimes these girls don't have a hundred. Sometimes they're giving me 30 and I am rooting them on for that 30. And then they're going to give you all of their 30. Yep. It's these coaches that want 110% at all times. Those are the coaches that are breaking girls or any athlete in a negative way. There's no construction there. No. You should be okay with not being okay. That you have to have a check-in. You have to, because a female athlete, if we don't feel like we're going to do very well, guess what? We're not going to do very well. You don't. And male athletes are the opposite. But if you have a female, if you're a male coach and you have a female athlete who says, coach, I just don't, I don't feel like today's going to be a good day. You cannot talk to her the way you would a man, a, a male athlete. Mm -hmm. You have to talk to her like she's your daughter. Like this is where you get to lean in and be like papa coach, like, or mama coach and be like, okay, what's going on? All right. How'd your morning go? That's when you can have those social conversations. You don't yeah. just get to judge a book by its cover and see little T pulling up on her bike and being like, oh my gosh, she's 10 minutes late for practice. Where were you? And just rip into, you know what I mean? Like, just can't. No, not, that's huge. That's like one of, I think why Jackie and I succeed the way we do. Like we've literally like found like together, we do so well, like our girls, if, if you look back, like, at the All-Star season this year and last year, our girls from our team, we had 12 girls on our team. Eight of our girls made All-Stars. That's amazing. Eight of them made between the two different teams. Eight of them made All-Stars. And then mine, of course, made a 12-year-old as an 11-year-old, you know, and... It, it was huge. It was huge to see. And what girls played, what girls, like, we developed the pitcher all of a sudden this season. Like, we had to. 
because you know her daughter's not going to be able to. So now our pitcher that we developed this season is now pitching in junior high. Good for her. You know, and she's she's the junior high pitcher, and we developed an amazing little catcher. You know, who is now in sixth grade, catching for eighth grade and seventh grade. Um, you know, and that. yeah, and when you look at our now our junior high team, even though Jackie and I, neither one of us are coaching, we're just mumps out there, fanning. Um, there are, it's, our girls are still there. It's, you know, you're like, creating the core is what you're doing. Yeah. Core is going to be what's going to carry a lot of the girls through the next six years. Is that core. Definitely. And like, you know, with literally, you don't have a whole lot of time to develop anything there's like hardly any time you get very little like we didn't have many practices we didn't practice when we did practice it was only fundamentals um and that was it because we didn't have a whole lot of time before we just went to game 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 and then people have lives you know also and so just to be able and most of the development was through how we talked to the girls how we interacted with the girls, how we interacted with each other. Like, you know, we never fought each other. We've never had an argument. You know, we talked to each other and. <laughs> I love yeah. that. I love that. Well, I love this conversation. It has been rich. Um, I'm definitely going to split this up um, because there's different parts of this that I want to target. I want to target. I definitely want to target this and uh, get it to people that need it. You know what I mean? So I appreciate you for everything you've ever walked through, everything you've been through. I mean, as silly as it sounds, like everything has brought you to this point. Whether it's on my podcast or you're at a traffic light, like everything you have been through has brought you to this point. Yeah. So be grateful for your journey. Be grateful for your story. Um, I believe God's just getting started with you. Like, <laughs> you know, I think you got um, a little wink in there. I did. But... I I think there's. You definitely have a lot to be told, a lot to come out, and you're in a good space to do it. You're in quality conversations with people that are holding you accountable, and. You've changed on the inside for the better and not saying you were terrible before, but you've changed in such a way where you can identify when you're fixing to go down the wrong hall, like mentally, when you're like, nope, the old T would have went that way, but the new T is going to go this way. And I yeah. like that. That's yeah. huge self-awareness. So thank you for being on this. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on and allowing This is a good place to share my story. I yes, man. Always. For the first time. <laughs> hey guys, real quick. You are a coach and you are looking for a platform, for a place, for a safe space. Share your story. I would love to have you on the show. I know I've sent out emails and I've also reached out to a couple of you coaches through Instagram. And I've also got in writing confirmation that you would love to be on the show. So I really want to get you on the show. We got to get you locked in and get you scheduled. But this is a place where you can talk about the things that led you up to coaching or talk about the things that happened throughout your coaching or better yet, maybe your own playing experience that actually put you in that place of coaching. Either way, your story matters. And I would love to share my platform because softball, coaching, my faith, all of these things, my adversity, they've allowed me to build something where I can share my story. And I want to give you a hand up so you can share yours. Let's talk. Bye, guys. And always, thank you for listening and God bless.